Welcome everybody to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, here today with another episode. If you haven't already, go subscribe to our YouTube channel, go follow us on Instagram. Uh, guys, so very important announcement. September 29th is our one-year anniversary. And to celebrate, I am gathering a bunch of people to do, uh, on an individual basis, interviews. And we're going to throw them all into one giant episode. So if you are interested in coming on the show and having a good discussion, all you need to do is download Anchor. Then um, come DM me on Instagram, Christianity. You can follow me there. Or you can email me at commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com. So there's a lot going on in our present world. And, you know, it never slows down. But... Before I get into that, I almost forgot, like I always do, the verse of the day. Acts 9, 4 through 5. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Again, that is Acts 9, 4 through 5. So, a lot going on in, in the present world today. And it's hard to pick a particular topic. And I was going to discuss this church scandal. In fact, I think I will. I forgot the the person's name. And I believe he was the head of Liberty University, one of the biggest Christian universities in the country. And a couple weeks ago, the news started reporting on this sex scandal between his wife in this pool attendant or, or something like that. And there, it was a big deal. And this so-called Christian tried to cover it up and said he's being blackmailed. Well, in the, in the end, he, he steps down and gets a $10 million. He gets $10 million while he's leaving. From the university, $10 million. And he is one of President Trump's biggest supporters. Now, what have I been saying for months on end about the evangelical mainstream church? There are problems with every church that we can find, but the evangelical church is especially prevalent here in the United States. So it's something that I can relate to. It's something that I know the best. And like I always say every time I discuss this topic, I am not hating on anyone that's evangelical. I am not hating on individual churches. I am I am specifically discussing the institution itself. And this continues to prove my points of the way that money, religion, and politics somehow intertwine with the evangelical church. Now, again, it is fine to support President Trump. It is fine if he speaks at the RNC. That's not my problem. The problem is he's using his platform as a well-known evangelical leader to get the evangelical vote for Trump. They're trying to conflate Trump with defending Christ. When that is not at all who President Trump is. And same thing with Joe Biden. It's not a one-sided issue. But with the evangelical church, it is. They 
support the Republicans because the Republicans play to them. It is their base, which is politics, right? Um, and the same thing with Joe Biden playing to minorities and playing to black Christians. It's the same exact thing. You can go into a Kojic church and hear the bishop bad-mouthing Trump. And you can go to an evangelical church and hearing the exact opposite. And this is a real plague in the church. It is a real issue. And it is why many times we see these segregated congregations of white evangelicals, white Republican evangelicals, and then black Democrats, black Christian Democrats, and the other churches. And I've been to both. I've been members of both. Luckily, uh, the church that I attend now is very well run, and there is a mix. I would say that the congregation leans more Democrat, but that's okay. That is okay, because diversity in ideas is a very important thing, especially in today's church. Because the segregation of ideas is what will drive us apart, and has driven us apart. The suppression of free thinking. Imagine if I was in a rural county in Alabama, and I was living there and announced and said that I'm a Joe Biden supporter. And likewise, if I was up in Salt Lake City, which I'm not, and if you don't know, Salt Lake City is a very liberal uh, city. If I was up there and announced that I'm a Trump supporter, imagine the reaction. There, should, there shouldn't be any problems with that. I have friends who are Democrats. I have friends who are Republicans. I have some that are independent, that are capitalists, that are socialists, that all along the lines of ideological spectrums. But yet, the church doesn't represent that. We want people to come into the church, but then we exclude their thinking, their political ideology, their beliefs about the present world and about the issues that we face and the solutions to them. This is why separation of church and state is very, 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 very important. Because the two do not mix. It's like water and electricity. They don't mix. I mean, it's something we must stop if we are out to survive at a ch as a church. And if we continue to do this, then we deserve to die as a church here in America. We, along with many other forces in this country, have divided the country in this ideological battle. And we are losing this battle. And I think it is, it is a necessary thing. Because the church has plagued this world long enough. Now, I love church. I love my current church. But the establishment of the church is the single biggest threat to Christ and his message in the world today. The single biggest threat. Atheists wouldn't exist well, or wouldn't be prevalent if it wasn't for the mainstream evangelical church. I mean, look at the most famous atheists today. And most of them used to be Christians. And we failed them. 
Christopher Hitchens, Richard Dawkins. I could go down the list. Most of the atheists I know used to be religious. Gabe, who is an atheist that has been on this program three times, I believe, goes to church. And he has described his church to me. And he says, they don't learn about the Bible there. They do activities and games the whole day and barely learn anything that has to do with the Bible. How sickening is that? How pathetic of a church that is. And it is a disgrace, an absolute disgrace, that so many people could be on their ways to salvation and they're on their ways to a better life, but we refuse to take the time or the effort and to put in the energy to teach our youth. Why do you think I started this podcast? I enjoy talking. I, I, I enjoy having discussions. I enjoy spreading my ideas. But the number one reason I started this podcast is that someone like me, a young teenager who lives a young teenager's experience, can relate to other people my age and teach them God's view of the world. Teach them the Bible. Teach them theology. Teach them apologetics. How does science and religion mix? Can they mix it all? All these big questions that pastors are too lazy or just simply cannot address. And this has been my number one criticism of every church I've attended, including my current one, which is a fantastic church. We have failed to reach our youth. We have failed to preserve Christ in this country for another generation. If it, if any generation older than the millennial generation were to just all of a sudden disappear right now, the church would crumble, absolutely crumble. Because young people don't like church. Young people don't feel any interest. They're on their phones during church. They're not listening, even if they're not on their phones. They just stare there blankly at the pastor. They don't get anything out of it. Why is that? They want it to, our generation today is lazy, intellectually and physically, but we're not going to focus on the physical part because it's not important to this topic. In terms of the intellectual aspect, we are very lazy. We want quick answers. We want to just Google it really quickly. We don't want to read. We want to see if, Someone on our social media can give us the answers. We want simple answers to complicated problems. I was having this discussion with Gabe yesterday in, in debate class. And we were discussing the Jacob Blake situation. If you don't know who Jacob Blake is, he is an African-American up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, I believe. I got shot seven times by a police officer. We were having this discussion on it. And I was saying the reason why we cannot come to an agreement about any situation, about any solution to the situations that are going on in this country 
is because we take a very complicated issue and and make it simple and then come up with simple solutions. And those simple conclusions and simple solutions are just not reflecting of reality. If we were to begin to realize this, then we will begin to, number one, heal as a nation. And number two, come up with common sense solutions to our problems. And my friends, at no time in the church's history do we need that more now in our churches and congregations today. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Common Sense Christianity. DM me on Instagram at Common Sense Christianity or email me at Common Sense Christianity Podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions. Or if you want to come on the show and be included on our one-year anniversary special, I'm going to give a special thanks to God Almighty for keeping us on this podcast for almost one year. It has truly been an amazing journey. Help us grow as a ministry. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share the podcast with everyone you know. And until next time, I'm Ethan Foster here with Common Sense Christianity.